welcome to the Victorian Aboriginal News Referendum 23 Tapes podcast. I'm your host, Charles Parkiner. Victorian Aboriginal News acknowledges and pays respect to traditional owners and custodians across Australia. We acknowledge the elders who have gone before, those who currently lead their communities and those who will follow in years and generations to come. Joining me today on the Referendum 23 Tapes podcast is the CEO of the Tungarung Land and Waters Council, Matthew Burns. Matthew, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Charles. Matthew, it was earlier this year, somewhere around about March, that Tungarung actually came out formally endorsing a yes vote and supporting the Uluru State from the heart, but more particularly supporting a yes for the voice to Parliament. What was involved in achieving that? Because obviously you're not going to get 100% support from within your Tangarung community. Yeah, look, you're never going to get 100% community support by, by anything you, that you do. But how we go about it is Tangarung have these quarterly meetings, uh, get-togethers to discuss things that are outside of the things that the corporation already do and already have authority from community to do because mm. there are a lot of outside pressures, outside questions, outside things that are occurring in the world that we as traditional owners to country need to be across and community need to be able to direct us. So we've had uh, conversations around July 20, uh, January 26, we've had conversations around the voice, we've had conversations around treaty and all the things that are coming. So that's the space to have those conversations. So we had a, another quarterly meeting in March earlier this year where we had a, a really exciting handback of an area of country yep. with significant significant rock art and, and, and a great place of connection for Tanarung community. And at that community get-together, there was a discussion around the voice and uh, how do we feel about the voice. And look, there were some kind of opposing views, but overwhelmingly the community thought that the reason why, despite you know, great amounts of steps still need to come in Victoria, but the, the reason for the progress that we've been made, it's because of decades of advocacy in Victoria, sure. step after step after step to get to where we are now, which is starting to discuss treaty negotiations. We've got a the Rook Commission that's happened as well, and that's because of the voice of community, but also the work that's been done over the years. And the overwhelming view from Tunnerung community was that we need to you know, enable, you know, other parts of of country further north from us to be able to start with that voice, to be able to take those steps forward and be able to emulate maybe some of the work, the hard work that's been done for decades and decades in Victoria. Do you see any advantages of the voice specifically for the Tangarung people? Or is it a bit more altruistic, you know? We're sort of doing a national mm. initiative here rather than a very self-centred initiative. Yeah, look, for, for, for mine, but also for the community, it was it was more around being a bit more altruistic, as you yeah. say, a bit, a bit more, you know, wanting to enable other mob to have that voice that don't have that voice at this point in time. Obviously, in Victoria, there is the First People's Assembly. Tunnerung have played a role through Marcus Stewart and then myself now as representative, and we've had a role as Tunnerung community in Victoria that have really shaped through community leaders um, some of the direction in Victoria and yeah it, it was really altruistic community were going look we've we've got these processes where you know it's been the hard work that's been done over decades and we need to enable or endorse a structure that will enable voice from across the country. One of the great things that Tungarung, like many other of the traditional owner groups across Victoria and indeed Australia has done is actually develop initiatives which have been 
to really redress some of the wrongs that have been inflicted upon country, uh, the flora and fauna, since colonisation. And I know one of the ones that we've spoken about with your mob before is the game management strategy. And I know there are quite a few others. Do you believe that the voice, rather than taking things from a, a deficit model perspective, which so many commentators talk about, but it can actually be implemented as a positive thing? In other words, getting some of these strategies up to the federal government... Yeah, I think the short answer is yes. I mean, Tanarang and Tanarang leaders who have worked within the corporation as well have been actively involved in the development of the, the game management strategy, the cultural land management strategy, the cultural fire strategy. Uh, and those things, you know, recognise knowledge, recognise practice and, and recognise that there's a pathway to be able to implement that knowledge and practice back on country again. For Tanarung, we believe, and other traditional owners, of course, believe that it's our obligation and responsibility to care for country. And we are working really positively and trying to work positively with the broader community in order to uh, help them understand our roles, our obligation, our obligation to them as community as well that live on, on Tanarung country and how we need to be responsible for country and therefore we need to, with those responsibilities, we need certain kind of authorities to be able to, to manage country the way that we want to do. And instead of, you know, I guess going from a, it's our rights, you know, you're, you're horrible, these things have happened to us yeah. and, and give us our land rights back, we're actually thinking more about our obligations to country, our responsibilities to country and how can we practically work with the broader community as well as the Tanarung community to, you know, rightfully place us back on country and responsible for the decisions that happen on country and the cultural land management strategy, the game management strategy and other things enable us to do that, but also the broader community on Tanarung country enable us to do that by learning about our obligations, our responsibilities, the fact that we aren't scary, the fact that what you as a broader community member want for your forests, your parks and everything yeah. else is exactly what we want for country and for our community as well. And if we can kind of see eye to eye that we're not a threat, but actually we're an asset and that asset is uh, going to be enabling of cultural fire, the active management of country again, then that's a, it's a real positive and We've done it in different areas so far. So in the very near future, we hope to have a, an announcement from uh, the Environment Minister, Minister Stitt, in relation to uh, the Strathbogie Ranges. There's multiple tenure all over that area. And we've been advocating as Tanarung and as a couple of other traditional owner groups as well in the creation of the Public Land Act. There's this new Public Land Act that's going to be put together. It's an amalgamation of all the Crown Land mm. kind of yep. legislation into the new Public Land Act. And... Jara, Gunnokurnai and Tanarung have been working really closely together to um, create a new public land tenure category and that is a cultural reserve and the Strathbogie Ranges is one of those areas that we hope that's going to be the first cultural reserve under the new Public Land Act that's going to be released in 2025 and the work that we did to actually get buy-in was actually with the community, the Save Our Forests group, the, the Euroa environmental group and others to get them to buy into the vision of what we're trying to achieve as traditional owners in caring for country. And their advocacy for us as well was when, you know, one of those real driving forces for the government to, to start to listen to the fact that not only is a traditional owner saying that we want to take on that responsibility, the broader community had our back and wanting to enable that. And 
that's a very long answer, but when you talk about, you know, those positive things going to the voice, sure. the fact that we've got the broader community buying to the, the vision of what we're trying to achieve, that is really powerful. Do you believe that traditional owner groups such as the Gunnar Kernai and the Jada and yourself with these strategies and, and so many of the other TO groups, do you really see that you will be advocating for those to go well beyond the state government and actually go to the local and regional groups up to the national voice should we get that yes vote on the 14th of October and actually have that shared right across Australia? Because it's all about policies and the policies aren't always about, as I mentioned before, mm. this deficit model perspective, mm. but land management, game management. So how would you be advocating for those to get up there? Would that be a, a priority for Tungarung? Oh, look, I, I think, you know, advocating is an interesting word, supporting it to be going up because advocating for it to be tabled, but ultimately it's up to all traditional owners to decide how they want to play their role on country, of course, but uh, examples of how things have been done in, in different parts of Australia is always got to be valuable. And I think the work that's been done in Victoria to enable a traditional owner voice for country, historically Western colonised countries, not only in Australia, seem to want to control land and seem to manage land rather than letting country kind of speak for itself and yeah. as traditional owners being able to interpret that voice in order to create and manage healthy country. And, and that's something that, you know, we're trying to impart to, you know, the, the reciprocity of traditional owners and people to country and making sure you, you what you take, you must give back to, to country to ensure that it continues to provide for you for generations to come. And that's the journey we're on. We're on a long journey. The health of Tunnerung country, for example, and all the forests that exist on Tunnerung country, where we've got a really long decades and decades, generations of time before we can get it back to a healthy state. But that is, you know, our pathway. Tunnerung has been through a fair bit of work in trying to get or in achieving that support for the voice to parliament and a yes vote. Should it not get up on the 15th of October, what happens... On the 16th of October, that first day back at work, after a no vote, if that does occur. It's interesting. You know, I'll quote Marcus Stewart and say that for everyone else, um, they'll wake up, walk their dog, have their coffee and nothing will change. Uh, but for traditional owners, Aboriginal community across Australia, I think that it'll be a continued denial of you know recognition, traditional owner voice. And I think it's it's a generational thing for me. I think if this gets down, doesn't get voted up, then another generation will go by where, where the voice of traditional owners, Aboriginal people, and what you say about deficit, mm. we're talking about closing the gap and everything else, but we're also talking about the responsibilities, the great things that can come from First Nations communities across Australia and the value that they bring to country, the value that they bring to the broader population, and that'll be a loss for everyone. Regardless of what the outcome is going to be, there's obviously been a lot of talk within community, a lot of debate within community right across Australia. Have there been any positives already for, for you and for the Tangarung as a result of this ongoing debate since the referendum was announced? Positive. So, look, I think you, it's always good to have conversations. Or well, maybe impacts. Let's no, put I, it look, way. I wouldn't say that there's been impacts. That you look, as I said, there are a couple of people, and, and I say a couple of mm. people that I know that are not supporting the voice. 
they've got a view that you know it's going to take sovereignty away from traditional owner groups, oh, yeah, etc. That one, and you know, when you explain to them at the end of the day, the government make policies that directly affect First Nations people, are re- relevant of whether you feel like you're a sovereign individual or not. The the fact of the matter is, there are policies and decisions that are made from a federal government that you know greatly impact, detrimentally impact First Nations community, whether that be through land rights, health, well-being, etc. And the the fact of the matter is it doesn't say anything about taking sovereignty away from First Nations people. It's just saying that there's a voice there. So, But everyone's entitled to their their opinion, of course. But as I said, the overwhelming community felt really comfortable around where we are. The fact of the matter is that in Victoria, we are written into the Constitution as Aboriginal people, yet we're negotiating treaty. We've got a truth commission that's happening right now as well. So uh, it doesn't seem to be a barrier to the work that we're doing as traditional owners in the state of Victoria. Look, anything that promotes conversation, anything that promotes the opportunity for community to come together and debate and come to a a clearer understanding of where we are and how Mm. we're going to move forward can be a positive thing, of course. You're in a little town of Broadford, north of Melbourne, about an hour north of Melbourne. What's the general feeling within the broader community? Because when you've been saying community, you've been Mm. talking about the Tungurung community Mm. up here. What's the feeling you've got from the general community here? Look, it's always hard to tell because, you know, you're often preaching to the converted for the ones that want to come and support and be a part of the the different sessions that have been held. You know, the, some, some Tunnerung leaders and Helen Haynes had some sessions in Mansfield and Alexandra last week that was really, you know, overwhelming support. But as I said, I feel like you're always going to be preaching to the converted. Yeah. But what I've been heartened by is the yes signs that when I drive through Tunnerung country on Saturday, I was up in Acheron, Buxton, uh, we were up the Niagara on property and I would have counted probably 20 signs on the way from Alexandra to Buxton saying vote yes and I I think that gives you some heart as well um, that there are a good proportion of people living on Tunnerung country that are wanting to see positive outcomes for First Nations people which is which is great not buying into the deficit conversation as well. Matthew Burns thanks so much indeed. Thank you. For a full transcript of this interview, visit the Victorian Aboriginal News website at vicaboriginalnews.com.au. Until our next episode, stay safe and stay informed. <laughs>